2: Is that Kathy Strokes? Hey, is this what it's like behind the curtain? Richard Jewell here. Hello. We're just about to go demand a retraction. We're going to go get a hammer. You want to come? Is that right? Yeah. <clears throat> this is, I mean, this is like top-rate science fiction. Bomb suspect sought limelight. Are you kidding me? Who the hell do you think you are? Mr. Bryan? what I do is I report facts. You lead the, facts. the public is what you do. I report do. the facts. The facts? That's right. That's what I do. You ignorant. Excuse me? Arrogant, Excuse ambitious. Me. How did you get this job? <laughs> How did I get this job? Yeah. Mr. Bryant, if you have an issue, you can take it up with the FBI for oh. investigation. Oh. Client it has nothing to do with me, all right? Oh, what I do, do is I hear the facts. I report them. That is my responsibility. That the facts? That what is, about the truth? My guiding huh?
1: principle is to report the facts. What that, principle? That's my this isn't a
2: principle stand next to me. You're your principle. This man's name is Richard Jewell. He's a hero. Save lives. You're unbelievable. I'm unbelievable. Do you have you any idea what kind of wildfire you started? You've ruined been, this man's life. Maybe you owe him an apology. Listen, How about that? Mr. Br- Mr. Jewell, you know. I, I do. You are a what? I said,
3: I'm sorry for what you and your mom Oh, you are for, a miserable excuse
2: for a journalist. You're a parasite. You Anything to sell a damn paper, you know that? I wonder how you sleep. I wonder what you think of me. If I could go back, would you have ever been with me? I want you to be unmuted. I want you to remember
0: I want you to believe
3: Everybody. this is Ed Hoffman and welcome to the main event. I opened up with that clip from a movie called Richard Jewell. If you haven't seen it, it's uh, directed by Clint Eastwood. It came out about a year ago. Um, well, you know, we lost a year between then and now, so maybe it was a year and a half ago. It just seems, every you know, that's a, like one of the last good movies that was out before the theaters shut down. Um, that is an unbelievably awesome movie. And... And I use that clip because we're, in the second half, we're going to be interviewing uh, a gentleman who has experienced kind of like, uh, you know, uh, 20, 30 years later, the same thing Richard Jewell went through. And you're going to be very, very interested don't listen to first half and 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 turn off your radio listen to the whole thing you're going to absolutely love it that song was downfall uh matchbox 20 um you know hey i'll be your say you you be my savior and i'll be your downfall that's kind of like Joe Biden uh, speaking. Hey, you know what? You be my savior. You guys all vote for me and you just you be my savior and save me. But I'm going to be your downfall because I'm going to take your whole country down, your livelihood, your economy, your your uh, your spiritual life. I'm just going to take everything down and destroy everything that you call a country and have uh, and have grown up loving. We're just going to destroy all that stuff. Biden's going to be our downfall. Hey, uh, I'm going to, uh, we're going to talk about some really cool stuff today. You're going to love it. But before I do, let me introduce myself. My name's Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding. If you're interested in getting involved in the fantastic opportunities that are real estate and you need financing, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, toll free, area code 855 855- 640 2020. If you want to get some information about that kind of stuff, you know, uh, refinancing your house, financing a new house that isn't yours yet, or uh, doing one of them reverse mortgage things that is uh, turning seniors' lives into a lot more enjoyable, but you don't want to talk on the phone, go to edhoffman.net, E D H O F F M A N.net, click on the summit funding logo, and that'll take you to my lending page. Then Put in all that cyber stuff. Tell me how much information you want back to give me as much information you want to give me. And you'll hear back from either myself or one of my talented teammates. And we will help you find the missing pieces to your real estate real estate financing puzzle. I'm going so fast. I'm getting tongue-tied. Um, listen to the – if you uh, if you hear something on the main event you want repeated or you missed part of it or you want to share it with your friends – uh go to edhoffman.net, click on the podcast page. You can hear this show as well as several past shows, and you can uh listen to them on demand. You can also get the podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes, uh or I guess it's called Apple Podcasts now, where you can uh subscribe for free and have it download to your uh, your iPad or your iWatch or your or your uh iPhone or your mini pad or your puppy pad or your computer or whatever else you can listen to uh podcasts on. And uh listen to it anytime you want. So just in case the radio radio show times don't match your schedule. But you don't want to miss it. Uh so edhoffman.net or iTunes or SoundCloud. Um follow me on Twitter where I current where I tweet about current events all week long. I'm at ed Hoffman on all the other uh on all the other social medias. I'm at big ed Hoffman and watch the Facebook page, Facebook.com slash the main event, at Hoffman. And uh, we're going to post something that refers to what we're talking about in the second half on there so you guys can uh, get involved. So uh, also, if you have comments on the show, email me, ed at edhoffman.net, or fill out the contact form on edhoffman.net. And put your comments in there. So uh, like me, like quite often, I have my uh, my co-pilot in the, in the cockpit here. Uh, Scott McPhee, proprietor of Don's Bikes in Redlands in Rialto, Scotty, and I would miss it for the world. Well, welcome back into the house. Thank you. We have a, you know, last time you're on, uh, somebody sent me an email said, said I don't remember if they tweeted it or said it on Facebook or they sent me an email said, Scott McPhee, the best guest ever on your show. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for that. for listening, I think it came from uh, S A N D M at Oh, maybe it was myself <laughs> <laughs> i wouldn't put it past me ed i wouldn't you know oh. i i i didn't i didn't really Pay attention to it. I just noted noted mm-hmm. the comment. Okay. So we got fun stuff to talk about today. So let's start. Oh, let's talk with- about my show. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Go
4: ahead. So we are doing a series of comedy shows. We've been selling these things out. By the way, we call them "Make America Laugh Again." Uh, yours truly is the MC, and I basically put together some of the funniest conservative comedians on the planet. And we do these shows. And the next one is coming up Sunday, June the twenty seventh. At the gas lamp in Long Beach. We sold out our last show, which was in Tustin. We call it Make America Laugh Again Show. If you want to buy tickets, go to malacomedy.com. So M A L A comedy.com. That's malacomedy.com. We're selling tickets pretty fast. So get on there, get tickets. I'd uh, love to see you there. It's going to be a lot of fun, I guarantee
3: you. All righty then. You're doing it on Sunday. That means, yep. that means you got to get up the next morning and go to, go to work.
4: That's true, Ed. Some of us got to do it, you know.
3: Well, that just means you don't want to drink as much, especially if you're all the way in Long Beach. I just think laughing and, and uh, having adult beverages is, kind of goes hand in hand. Absolutely. So let's talk about some fun stuff first. Uh, the recent Biden gaffes. We all know about Joe Biden's pre-presidential gaffes. But what about recently? Maybe you haven't heard any, but Biden continues to make them. We've got three from the past week alone. But first, let's revisit this one of his most memorable gaffes from the campaign trail. We hold these
0: truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by... Go, you know the, you know the thing.
3: Yeah, you know the thing. Uh, we know the thing, but apparently you don't know the thing. Uh, a few days ago on uh, May 28th, last Friday, Biden delivered another you-know-the-thing moment with the Declaration of Independence while speaking to the troops at Langley Air Force Base.
0: We hold these truths to be self-evident. But all men and women are created equal, endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, including life, liberty, etc.
3: Yeah, he he got through, he got a little farther along than he did pre-presidential, but, you know, he couldn't get, he couldn't get that pursuit of, that life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness part.
4: Well, you know, the funny thing is, I actually looked up the Declaration of Independence, and it actually says life, liberty, etc., Ed. It actually says it right there. Oh, yeah? Yeah.
3: I guess (laughs) guess my, I guess my version is, is is a misprint. Yeah, Biden. Biden, what a moron. You know, this guy is supposed to be the president of the United States. Supposed to be, but he's not. Um, we don't know who he is, actually. Um, but, you know, you'd think he'd get certain things down. I wonder I wonder if he could lead the Pledge of Allegiance. I know he could start it, but could he do it all the way through?
4: Probably not. You know, it's funny because a friend of mine who's on the left, she says, well, Joe's just got a stutter. And I'm like, oh, is that what it is? It's a stutter. Well, that's a relief because for a minute there I thought, you know, the head of the free world has like... I don't know stage 4 Alzheimer's or
3: something Ed. Uh, exactly or you know at, at least stage 2. <laughs> you know what's funny is uh how how uh, Reagan Reagan still had his still had his, his his talking together. He could still make a coherent sentence. He could still do a great speech. He could still communicate and he could still think, but they're accusing him of being Alzheimer's all the you know in his in his last years in office and of course he didn't announce it till like uh 6 or 8 years later that he had early signs of it but uh but that's what that's what they do to you when you're a republican so here here's one from uh, May 24th when he mumbled incoherently in a meeting with employees from the Federal Emergency Management Agency or FEMA
0: but uh there's you know there to be you know beginning uh this effort uh, for 2021 is, uh, I think we've learned a few lessons from last year as well. There's help, as so as we, that we're, you know, being there to help uh, clear roads, rebuild uh, main streets, uh, and so that the families can get back to their lives. Uh, that's what FEMA does every single day.
3: You know, and I don't really know what he just said. You know, the funny thing is,
4: when you actually watch the video of this, the people that are at that table are just like looking intently, like, they have to go along with it sort of like the emperor's new clothes. They have to pretend nothing's wrong. Exactly. And they're just shaking their heads. That's right, Joe. Whatever it was you just said, that word salad just came out of your mouth. Yeah,
3: exactly. Yeah. What you said. Yeah, what you said. You know, and that might be one of the reasons that, uh, that you know, Biden would say something like this.
0: I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to – this the last question I'll take, and I, I'm really going to be in trouble.
3: Yeah, he's really going to be in trouble because they know the kind of stuff he says when he's – uh When he's without a teleprompter. And finally, creepy Uncle Joe is back at the Memorial Day event uh, in Virginia. Biden said this about a little girl in the audience, a daughter of one of the vets being recognized, who's uh, reportedly uh, eight or nine years old.
0: The family members, the caregivers, survivors will call Virginia home. I'm especially honored to share the stage with Brittany and Jared and Nathan and Margaret Catherine. I, uh, I love those barrettes in her hair, man. i tell you what. I look at her. She looks like she's 19 years old sitting there with her, like a little lady in her car.
4: That was so freaking cringe. I know. That was so cringe. Can you
3: imagine if Trump said something like this? Uh, you know? I can't even imagine if I said something like that. No. I think Don would just go... I'm done with you. You'd
4: probably be picked up by the authorities, man.
3: That's <laughs> <laughs> just so gross. I know it is. So let's get let's get to the budget. Let's get to the budget, so we can talk about some some other idiocy that Joe's doing, because uh, we're building up to uh, to the second half and uh, some stuff that you guys are going to have your eyes wide open here uh, or wide opened by this. So uh, Joe Biden just unveiled a six trillion dollar budget proposal that lays out his vision of an expansive federal government. Over the next year, Congress is supposed to vote on the proposal before June 30th, the last day of the fiscal year. The $6 trillion plan for 2022 fiscal year includes the two proposals he's already put before Congress. Um, and understand the total revenue that comes into the IRS from taxing everybody, $3.86 trillion. So $3.86 trillion, he's proposing $6 trillion. Mm, There's something wrong with that math, Ed. That just seems... I don't know how I could run a business like that no. or even run my, uh, our household like that. So the American jobs plan, uh, these are the two, the two things that are included in that 6 trillion. Supposedly the American jobs plan, which calls for new spending on that thing. That means whatever Democrats want it to mean infrastructure and the American families plan, which subsidizes childcare, universal pre-K and paid leave. Because just in case the unemployment runs out before 2022, so when we're paying people to stay at home, they want to make some other excuse to have people stay at home. And you know the thing that that gets me the worst about this the the paid leave. So now you, now the husband and wife can stay home for like six months, uh, for and or is it nine months? We talked about this last time you were on.
4: Right, right. I don't even remember. It's just it's
3: insanity. I tell I told my 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 son when he had our first uh, grand grandbaby, uh, our daughter our granddaughter Rowan. I said, hey for the first 10 months that is your wife's daughter after 10 months now she's now she now she's both years so why do they got to stay home for 6 months gotta- well,
4: no i don't know no. i mean it doesn't make any sense i mean and who's pay- who's paying for this? well we're we're all paying for it and what's the business supposed to do when that person's gone
3: exactly but the but the business is supposed to pay taxes anyway oh okay so here's what Biden wants the money to go to. So climate change: 14 billion in new money across the government agencies to policies and programs devoted to climate change. Hmm, Get those windmills up, Ed? Exactly. 1.2 billion for Green Climate Fund, a United Nations entity created as part of the Paris Climate Agreement to help developing countries. It's not even for the United States. Eleven point two billion for the EPA, a twenty-two percent increase from last year, and and uh, prepare and and pay attention to the increases and where he puts these increases of what's really important. The EPA, you know, the agency that runs runs uh, businesses out of California to other to other uh, uh, to other states and runs businesses out of the United States to other countries because they put so much regulation on there. Two hundred sixty-five billion over the next decade to expand. And extend federal tax breaks for companies that build clean energy sources such as offshore wind turbines and battery storage on the grid. There's your there's your windmills there, buddy. Cool. Well, we're putting them off least, so we yeah. won't have
4: to look at them off the ten freeway on the way to Palm Springs. Yeah,
3: while well, they're not spinning anyway. Yeah, they don't move. You know, in the windiest the windiest times you drive through there, it's windy as hell, and half of them aren't turning.
4: Yeah, you know, those are socialist windmills, by the way. I know because they're all paid for, but most of them aren't working.
3: Correct. Thank you. Ten billion in tax credits for trucks that do not produce planet-warming emissions, such as those para- uh, powered by batteries or hydrogen. We talked about this. We talked about this um, a few weeks ago about the amount of of uh, carbon uh, carbon emissions to build the batteries that go into these <laughs> things. And uh, Doesn't, uh, it's not as clean as as people make it out to. No. Or hydrogen.
4: I've never seen a hydrogen truck. I guess they're out there, but. Whatever.
3: Yeah, I haven't seen one either. No. Uh, six point six billion for cleaner jet fuels. Mm. You know, it's funny. In the hydrogen, uh, uh, my trainer tells me, "Why don't they just power everything with hydrogen? It's made out of water." <laughs> okay. Still water in your tank. <laughs> I think uh, water is made out of hydrogen. <laughs> hmm. um, so I don't know. Maybe that's that's like uh, that's like uh, you know, hey, the we're going to build an economy from the bottom up. Okay. We're going to create the we're going to create the we're going to pay the pay the employees, and then it's going to trickle up. To the employers, Hmm. I don't know how that works. Six point six billion for cleaner jet fuels. I don't know that I want to be on that first flight to test those. Uh, that new uh, ethanol or some other clean energy for for uh, for jets. A four point three billion dollar increase to the Department of Energy, including one point nine billion to help make homes more energy efficient. So I did some math on this: one point nine trillion dollars, and how many? How many? houses are there in the united states are seven seventy four point five million so if they're going to make homes more energy efficient uh seventy four point five million into one point nine trillion means twenty five dollars and fifty cents per house
4: well basically what it pays for is a roll of foil to put up in your windows
3: that probably could be it okay because otherwise, twenty-five fifty is not going to do a lot. <laughs> so maybe some houses are going to be left out. Yeah. So they're going to leave out the houses that are in the really hot areas, hmm. or they're going to leave the house, leave out the house that are in the really cold areas. Or is it all going to depend on uh on what your skin color is, or your nationality, or your sexual preference?
4: Maybe your political affiliation.
3: Yeah, maybe because you know. Let uh, those Republicans sweat, Ed. Us, us white straight <laughs> conservative Christians are having a hard time getting any of this money. Yeah. Okay, so we go on to FEMA, 7% increase on the FEMA budget bringing it to 28 7% increase bringing it to 28 billion dollars for FEMA. According to the New York Times, increasing the FEMA budget will help American households. The report as climate change gets worse, more frequent and severe floods have pushed FEMA to increase the cost of federal flood insurance which covers about 5 million policyholders. So, let's see five million policy- policyholders that's uh a small small amount, so they're going to help subsidize flood insurance I don't, well, d- yeah you know the, the homeowners insurance in general has gone up because of the because of all the wildfires and all the claims uh, going up, especially in California and uh, I wonder if they're going to help subsidize those Doubtful. yeah, because people in California, if you can afford a house you should be able to afford that extra, extra high uh, home and, uh, homeowner's insurance. Bottom line is increasing the FEMA budget with subsidized premiums for homeowners who can't afford flood insurance. So here's, here's, my, here's my solution. It doesn't cost anything. If you can't afford flood insurance, don't buy a house in a flood zone.
4: <laughs> exactly.
3: Because that is part of your initial disclosures when you're buying a house whether it's in a flood zone or not mm. healthcare 25% increase in health and human services, discretionary funding, bringing it to 131.7 billion. So we're just going to give discretionary funding. Hey, use it for whatever you guys feel like that figure includes $1.6 trillion, $1.6 billion increase for the CDC to modernize data collection and train epidemiologists to support our health, our local health departments, which can uh, go into a, uh, uh, so they can further lie to us. I, in case you haven't heard, Anthony Fauci, they got like 3,200 pages of emails um, that really make him look like a liar. Here's one, here's one that was Wednesday, the fifth of February, 2020. This is a this is like a month before we shut down. He's talking to Sylvia Burwell. Sylvia, masks are really for infected people to prevent them from spreading infection to people who are not infected, rather than protecting uninfected people from acquiring infection. The typical mask you buy at a drugstore is not really effective in keeping out virus, which is small enough to pass through the material. It might, however, provide some slight benefits in keeping out gross droplets if someone coughs or sneezes on you. I do not recommend that you wear a mask, particularly since you are in a very low-risk location. Your instincts are correct. Money is best spent on medical countermeasures as, such as diagnostics and vaccines. Well, you know what? That would be good information last year. Before we shut the whole economy down, before we wasted tons of money on uh on masks and all kinds of other stuff that doesn't do anything.
4: Yeah, plus we've created all this, this whole culture of paranoid people who wear their masks when they're riding when they're riding their bicycles by themselves, driving their cars by themselves, walking their dogs by themselves. They're never taking those masks off, Ed. Exactly. Like forever.
3: Exactly. I see see uh people putting up signs on the uh, well, maybe you sent me a picture of that one. So uh, almost a billion dollars for the strategic national stockpile for the country's emergency medical reserve. You know, like uh, for uh, ventilators that uh, that New York was told to put in and then uh, Cuomo didn't approve them. So then he cried that the federal government didn't have enough uh, ventilators for him when he was supposed to buy them himself. Anyway, we can get on and on. Six six and Six and a half billion to launch advanced research products. Advanced Research Projects Agency for Health, a new agency under the National Institute of Health that would fund research for diseases such as cancer, diabetes, and Alzheimer's. Well, maybe they can
4: figure out what's wrong with Biden.
3: Yeah. He's got Alzheimer's in there. That would be a good... that would be something good. Three point three billion to boost spending for care on unaccompanied migrant children. Eight oh. point eighty eight hundred ninety one million for immigration judges to staff the and address the backlog of immigration cases. Three hundred forty five million for immigration services to process backlogged asylum cases, which I think were the same thing. Fifteen million to test a new program that would provide migrants with legal representation, just to test. Ten billion dollars in humanitarian assistance for vulnerable people overseas. Who, who exactly are these people? I don't know. <laughs> why are they know. getting ten billion dollars? I think it's I think it's probably something that's run by uh, Hunter Biden. Hmm. Eight hundred sixty million for Central American nations to help address the root causes of migration. Yeah, we already know it's for free stuff because we
4: have open borders. That's why we have mass mass migration, immigration, illegal immigration is what it is.
3: Exactly, and you know, because the other reason is their their uh, their uh, their countries are are not as. Preferable as ours, so uh, i 'm waiting for them to start giving people money to uh, to uh, for mass migration when they want to move in move into my house because my house is nicer than their house and uh, same reason that they come into the United States because our country's nicer than them i 'm going to skip over the rest of these. I want to give you a, another preview to what we 're going to talk in the second half because I got a minute and a half left so in the second half we are going to we 're going to introduce you to someone who just like richard Jewell experience this and I'm going to play one more clip from the movie Richard Jewell
2: next to me is Bobby Jewell mother of Richard Jewell by some savage twist of fate Richard Jewell has been wrongfully and falsely accused of murder and mayhem her son's accusers are two of the most powerful forces in the world today the United States government and the media
3: don't miss the second half, folks. The second half of this show, we're going to introduce you to a guy that's known, uh, known out there as Baked Alaska on the Internet. And uh, he's going to tell us what happened on January 6th in uh, Washington, D.C., and, uh, and what he experienced after being arrested and, uh, and how the FBI has actually dealt with him and his attorneys. And we're going to give you actually a link if you want to help him uh, fight this. Anyway, we're all out of time for this uh, half of the main event. Stay tuned for five minutes, traffic, weather, sports, and commercials, and we'll be right back with an explosive second half. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590 The Answer. By now, I'm sure you've all been hearing about the fact that mortgage rates have dropped a whole percentage point in the last 12 months. Be your down and welcome back to part two of the main event. My name is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding. I don't talk a lot about uh, real estate and financing on the show because it's not as fun or interesting. If you're not in the market for that, it's not as fun and interesting as what's actually going on in our country. And uh, we're gonna we're going to give you a whole bunch more of that. Uh, and uh, before I go on, if for those of you that weren't with us in the first half in the in the studio today with it with me is my uh, sidekick proprietor of Don's bikes mr Scott mcafee always a pleasure ed all right we gotta we have a good one today
4: it's a good one this is probably one of the most powerful shows we have ever done we don't often break stories but this is going to be one exception ed
3: most of us are trying to get on with life after COVID, but the Democrats continue to push for a commission to investigate the events of January 6th. So maybe it's time that we talk with someone who is actually there. Uh, Scott was planning on being there, but he got COVID. But our guest, he's going to tell us what really happened at the Capitol that day, what happened next, and the lessons we can learn from his experience. Here's a, he's the Tim GNA, uh, better known on the Internet as Baked Alaska. Tim, welcome to the main event. Hey, thanks for having me on. All right. So uh, before we get to what happened on January 6th, let's back up to how you heard about the event and how and how did you find out about the rally at the Capitol and when?
1: Sure. Yeah. So I, you know, had gone to a ton of the Stop the Steal rallies Mm -hmm. uh, sort of leading up to uh, January 6th. Uh, And to me, I thought January 6th was just like any other rally. You know, if you've watched my live streams, you know, I love to, you know, cover the events and fly across the U.S. to cover, you know, any sort of Trump uh, rallies or events. And um, so I I thought this was just a normal day. And it was actually kind of funny because um, so I was live streaming this whole thing. I was the only one in the world to live stream inside the Capitol. And I I thought it was going to be a boring stream. I I said to my audience, I'm like, hey, today's kind of going to be a boring day. So first of all, you know, I I found out about this because President Trump himself invited supporters to come do a, you know, peaceful rally and all of that. And, you know, I I was more surprised than anyone that this, you know, happened the way it did. And so, you know, that's the first thing I, I wanted to say is that, you know you have uh the democrats and you have people in the government the fbi etc saying this was some sort of planned insurrection um to overthrow the government and you know I, I i appreciate you having me on because i haven't been given the chance to you know fully voice my opinion i've been censored on twitter facebook instagram like every single thing you can think of including payment processors and, you know, my story, and I think this speaks for a lot of people, is I, I went there because I believe the election was illegitimate. I believe there was, you know, tampering and some funny business. And you know what? I just want I just want a fair election. I don't care if Biden won or Trump won. It doesn't matter. I, I can live with the results. I just thought, you know, there, there were so many red flags and, and things going on that weren't fair. And, you know, we're supposed to live in a system where everyone's vote matters. And it just didn't seem like that was really the case. So I went there to peacefully protest and go to this rally uh, that Trump invited. And, and you know, next thing, it's this crazy, crazy deal. They're saying it's worse than 9-11, um, even though, you know, I wasn't violent. I didn't steal anything. I didn't loot. I didn't, um, you know, the, the crimes they're charging me for are uh, misdemeanors, trespassing, and um, disorderly conduct. Um, but e- even the FBI admits that when I was in the Capitol, I, w- I was filming, I was documenting the situation. So clearly, I wasn't, you know, trying to hide anything. And I was in there telling other people, "Hey, don't be violent. Don't, don't steal that. Don't break that." I, I, I literally told people to put things back that I saw, you know, people taking. So, yeah, it, it, it's. It, it was a crazy, crazy experience. And I, I just, you know, really want to tell everyone everything that went down.
3: And they can go back to your uh, to your actual stream and see that.
1: Right. Yeah, so. yeah. I, I said that on air. I was live to about 20,000 people. Um, you know, that's what I do. I'm an internet prankster. I, you know, I'm a free speech absolutist. I'm a, I'm a Christian. And, you know, th- this was something... Like, I want to be clear, like, I go and cover events that, you know, this clearly was a very historical event. So why was I not allowed to cover it? Because inside the Capitol, I literally saw CNN. I saw New York Times. I saw The Blaze. I saw a variety of different news agencies plus uh, citizen journalists. And, you know, I'm a citizen journalist. I have a uh, I have press credentials in the state of Arizona, multiple Um, you know, I'm, I'm a very well-known figure, you know, Reuters just put out a piece, um, you know, it's undisputed, you know, the AP tweeted out when I was arrested. So clearly I'm a well-known citizen journalist figure, Trump supporter who covers news. But, you know, my question is why were these other people allowed to film in the Capitol? You know, if people were in there peacefully and we also have a video that came out that said, um, you know, you hear the cops, saying, oh, you can stay in if you're peaceful. And that was the same thing that was said to me. I I did not bust through a window or anything. I walked right in as the cops were waving us in. And so, you know, the example I use to a lot of people is, you know, they're charging me with trespassing. Well, if you go into a bar and you're, you know, having a beer with the bouncer, is that are, are you really trespassing in that bar or are you, you know, allowed to be in there? And so in, in the same way, I was uh, taking selfies and fist bumping the cops, the Capitol police inside the Capitol. And I said, hey, if you need me to move, if you need me, you know, let me, I'm covering this event, I'm media, uh, let me know when I need to move and, and I'll get out of the building. And then about maybe 20 minutes later, they said, okay, like, you know, National Guard's coming in, you guys gotta go. And then I walked back to my hotel room. So, you know, I thought everything was fine. And a couple hours later, I start, my phone starts blowing up and people are like, dude, CNN is saying you're a domestic terrorist and they have your picture all over CNN. Millions of people are watching. And, you know, from there, my life just spiraled down. You know, I got um, arrested on the way back um, from D.C. in Houston, Texas. I had um, 20 U.S. Marshals outside my hotel room throw me on the ground, uh, throw me in cuffs uh, with guns drawn. Uh, By the way, for a misdemeanor, trespassing, disorderly conduct charge once again, and they threw me in federal prison for a week. Uh, I was thrown into uh, solitary confinement, Uh, had my hands and legs and my waist chained up, multiple cuffs there, um, treated in some of the worst conditions known to man. I don't wish it upon my worst enemy. And the you know, prison guards, they knew they said, oh, you're one of those guys from the Capitol because it was on the TVs in the uh, prison rooms. And they, you know, they treated me like crap. And, you know, I'm not here to complain because I, I've heard some people have had it far worse than I have. Some people are being you know, completely beaten in prison. And, um, you know, I, I don't wish anyone to be in those DC prisons. It's about 80% Democrat out there. It's terrible. And, you know, they are politically persecuting anyone who had anything to do with this, who, you know, even if you were there just filming or whatever. And, um, you know, it's just the thing that I think about is like, you know, this, this could be any one of us, this could be any of us, Trump supporters, you know, you said Scott was, you know, planning on possibly going and maybe he would, you know, be filming a little part of it, following a crowd. And and then they're like, oh, now we're going to get you in for, you know, five years or or whatever in federal prison. So it's just a shame how the Democrats have framed this. And, you know, it's completely hypocritical. We had a, you know, whole summer of BLM protests, burning down cities, looting, um, you know, people killed all sorts of Madness, and, and you don't really see the media even condemning them. In fact, you have the uh, you know mainstream corporations promoting BLM, a you know Soros-funded organization, and you know it's absolutely madness. So it's it's a very sad state of affairs in Biden's America, and it's honestly just a you know scary place to be a Trump supporter.
4: So I want to I want to circle back before we go into your prison treatment. But when you went in the Capitol, what did you witness inside the Capitol? What was really going on? Because I know we don't get a lot of reports like what actually was going on on the inside. Right.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, like I said, I went in there, doors wide open, cops waving us in. The cops were fist bumping, taking selfies, saying, yeah, it's totally fine to be in here. Um, I did see a couple agitators that were not part of the original crowd, which I believe possibly could have been Antifa or some sort of outside group. And every time there was sort of some agitate, like there was a guy I saw that had a stick and he was smashing windows and, and a group of Trump supporters went up to him, took the stick from him and said, no, we're not here for that. We are not here for violence. Like you're not with us, dude. Even though he had a MAGA hat on, the group Uh, It seemed like they could quickly identify people that weren't actually with us. And, you know, so that's the other thing is, you know, maybe other people, maybe the feds had, you know, knowledge of this beforehand. But we sure didn't. I mean, I can guarantee you the majority of Trump supporters had no clue, um, you know, what was going to transpire that day. So, um, you know, additionally, you look at protests in the past, actually on January 6th four years prior in 2016 there were two Democrat um, ladies who went into the chambers in the Capitol to try to stop Trump's um, you know electoral college count and they went in there screaming with signs they actually obstructed Congress technically and guess what they not only were not charged they were let go with a $50 fine five zero. And no prison time, nothing. And I looked up one of the girls. She's verified on Instagram and they put her on a reality show. So that's what happens if you're on the left and and you do some sort of protest in the Capitol. They literally ran in the chamber. Like I didn't even I didn't run in any main chamber. I was just in the hallways, um, you know, filming. But, you know, if you're a Democrat or you're on the left, apparently you can do whatever sort of protest. Oh, that's peaceful. They had celebrities bailing them out. But I'm banned off every social media and payment processor known to man. So
3: it's so crazy. you so you mentioned that there was people that were not part of your group, and other than the guy that had the stick, how could you identify those people as being inside? That? Right.
1: Well, I mean, honestly, it's hard to tell. You know, everyone was pretty much dressed the same in some sort of Trump gear, Trump flags. So, but you, you know, said, it, but
3: you said that you could tell they were not part of the group. So my right. my question is what, what made you sense that?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it, it wasn't what they were wearing, but it was more just like how they acted and how they responded to things. Because, you know, to me, it appeared that everyone who was there for the right reasons really wanted to be there peacefully. They didn't want to start any altercations or violence. They were actually respectful to the cops, um, you, you know, like I said, I, I was taking selfies and fist bumping with the cops there. So yeah, the, the people that re- they just kind of stuck out, like, um, you know, it was kind of a red flag, just certain actions that, you know, they were trying to push violence. They, I had people saying, Hey, we gotta, you know, go through this window. And we're like, no, 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 we don't do that. So there were clearly agitators trying to encourage other people to do violent acts and, and, you know, partaking in them them themselves. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, this is all allegedly this is just, you know, my eyewitness experience. But to me, you know, th- there there were definitely some people in there that did not seem to be part of the true uh, Trump
3: crowd. Well, and- that's uh, that's consistent with uh, one of the uh, cell phone videos that was out in the uh, what do they call that? The uh, the corridor, you know, the, where the between the Washington Monument the Capitol mm-hmm. um that where they're seeing people breaking windows they're going no antifa no antifa don't break yeah. those windows so mm-hmm. you had the same thing going on inside the capitol inside. That we didn't yep. get to see S-
4: Yep. Same exact thing. Yep. And you're also not the first person that said this. I talked to another guy. He wasn't arrested, but he was back there and he said, yeah, he goes, I've got pictures. You can see the Antifa types. They look a little different. They're behaving differently. And he said he even asked a few. Are you Antifa? Yeah, we're Antifa. You know, they would actually even be bold enough or stupid enough to actually admit it. So, yeah, there was no doubt that there was an infiltration of some of these elements to cause problems, to make us look bad and to obviously, you know, promote this this false narrative of what actually happened.
1: Oh, yeah, no, for sure. And that's actually, it's interesting that you say that, because going into January 6th, we thought the only sort of altercation was going to be a huge Antifa presence in the streets. And we thought there was going to be, you know, Proud Boys, some sort of street brawl or something, what, you know, that's pretty normal. And the crazy thing about that day was that, There was no Antifa presence at all. They weren't on the streets. They weren't anywhere. And that really makes no sense. You know, at such a big event that the president was calling, you would think there would be, you know, tens of thousands of Antifa doing some sort of protest. They were nowhere to be found. So that that actually lines up with that theory, because, you know, obviously, you know, they were in the crowds agitating people. That would make sense.
3: Were you anywhere near where uh, Ashley Babbitt got shot?
1: I was not, um, but I was actually, so I was live streaming, and then I sort of word of mouth was getting reports, so I was in one of the hallways, and as I was live, uh, people were like, hey, a girl just got killed, and, you know, be, being a prankster, I get all sorts of, you know, people just trolling me and hoaxes, and I was like, nah, there's no, there's no way, like, come on, there's no way. And and like people kept saying it and saying it, saying it. And finally, it was like, oh man, like, okay, maybe, maybe a girl did get killed. And then, you know, as I got back to my hotel and was able to get, you know, cell service, I was able to see that that was true. And yeah, it's, it's absolutely tragic. Um, I think it's insane that, you know, someone completely unarmed, um, you know, a veteran Trump supporter, uh, a woman was shot, Um, you know, and they didn't even give it, they didn't say get down from the window or you will be shot. No warning, you know, just point blank. Um, couldn't use a rubber bullet or tear gas, you know,
3: they didn't identify the, the cop that did it or release his name or make him go on trial. None of that. Oh yeah.
1: Oh yeah. No, I mean, like if the roles were reversed, if that was some BLM person and a, you know, white cop shot them. Oh, they're their name would be all over CNN 24 seven. You know, that's what the left does. Um, I I think it's a disgrace that this, you know, officer isn't facing charges and, uh, and yeah, they, they haven't even identified him. They're protecting his identity. So, um, but that's sort of how these, you know, kangaroo courts are being run in, in our country right now. And it's sad. You saw, you know, the Derek Chauvin case and so many of these, you know, show trials. And, you know, honestly, that's what really worries me about my trial coming up. I think in any sort of sane, um, you know, fair society, I think people would say, Oh yeah, you know, baked Alaska is a internet prankster. He's a YouTuber. He's funny. He like, you know, he's a Trump supporter. He covers events, but everyone who knows me knows I'm harmless and i'm you know i'm a good person i'm a christian and um and i love everyone so you know it, it's it's just a it's a wild state of affairs i mean you know me going into a courtroom in dc and having you know that jury decide my fate you know that that's a very scary thing so mm-hmm. i've never really been in this position i never thought i would be in this position and um you know it, it's it's a really tough time, so you yeah know, it's once again, a, it's thank certainly you an
3: eye opener for America letting it, you talk but, but you know what's yeah. funny is that the media the media portrayed this to people that don't pay attention to this stuff, the media portrayed this as such a wild, crazy, intense, violent act they didn't they didn't they didn't portray it as the what I would think cause Scott and I went to to uh Washington DC for the inauguration and you know uh Scott had to calm me down cuz I wanted to engage with with every idiot democrat out there and uh right. and uh so you know sometimes sometimes Scott gets gets part of the the troublemakers and sometimes he has to calm me down to keep from being a troublemaker and but that but that's republicans that's conservatives we you know we want ha- our voice to be heard we don't usually get involved in, in that kind of stuff, certainly not destruction and killing people. Right.
4: I want to get into a little bit of details of what happened to you in prison. How long were you in there for?
1: Yeah. So I was in federal prison in Houston, Texas. It was actually a ice holding facility. So I was in there with the illegals. Actually. Nice. Nice. <laughs> I think, I think it was because of COVID they're like, ah, oh, wait, you know, this <laughs> other prison's closed. So we got to put you in the ice holding. So I was like, Oh, great. Um, yeah, it, it was a really, really dark time. Um, I, I, you know, I know I was only in there for a week, but um, you know that seemed like an eternity. I, I don't wish anyone to be in there for any uh, amount of time. Um, you know, the, the way I can really put it bluntly is, it was basically just a torture chamber. Um, they throw you. I, I mean, me. So originally, I was in a cell with about twelve people with bunk beds, um, but then once. Uh, you know, shortly they found out I was from the Capitol. They pulled me out, put me into solitary confinement.
4: So you're in Um, solitary confinement for two misdemeanors. Yes. Okay. And you're in jail.
3: Your total jail time was a week.
4: Well,
1: that was just pre-trial. So I was able to, um, contact my lawyer and, uh, get out on bail, um, awaiting the trial. So, so just to be clear, what I'm facing is, um, up to probably, three to, it could be three to five years in prison for these two misdemeanors because they're federal and it was in a federal building. And additionally, and I haven't really said this on air yet, um, the, the feds, the FBI contacted my attorney recently and said, um, if I don't sit down and talk with them and give them everything they want, which I've been very hesitant because, you know, they will straight up lie to you. And it, it doesn't matter to them. They said, if I don't talk to them, they're going to add an additional charge. They're going to add a felony um, obstruction of Congress, which is absolute BS. I was never in the main hall or anything like that. And that, that you know, that was not my purpose to be there. Um, and I, I, believe when I got in, it had already been evacuated as well. Um, but my question is, first of all, how is that legal for the FBI to threaten me that, You know, I have to give up my constitutional rights to remain silent and and, you know, you know, go through my attorney, or else they're gonna slap me with a felony. And if you look at that, that that felony alone is five to eight years. So, you know, with all the charges stacked up, if they were to go guilty across the board, I'm looking at about ten years in federal prison simply for filming a political rally, and I was completely peaceful, I didn't touch anyone, I didn't break anything, and and I actually did the opposite. I told people not to do those things I told people not to be violent that's not what we're here for and you know once again I say why why were other news agencies allowed to film and, and cover this and take pictures but I wasn't you know so it's it's completely backwards but um, just to finish the you know prison treatment it's uh, it's hard to describe I mean you're in solitary confinement you're basically in a little cube and w- where they put me it was like death row it was like the craziest. People that are like attacking the prison guards like they they put me, you know, for a misdemeanor uh, on this row of people that probably are in there for murder. Um, There's cockroaches in your cell. You don't have toilet paper half the time. You got to beg for, you know, toiletries. Uh, The food is is terrible. And, you know, anytime you go out, if you have to go to the medical office or whatever, they they handcuff your hands, your feet your waist, and you have to waddle all the way through the hall with two guards holding each side of your body like a rag doll, and you know they they just treat you like complete crap. To be honest, um, and like I said, I was treated worse because they knew that I was from the Capitol. and that was you know the propaganda was all over the TVs at the jail. So it was they were reading articles about me and laughing at me, and yeah, just terrible experience. And you know, I really pray to God that. I don't have to, you know, go back and witness that again.
4: Tim, one of the reasons I wanted to get you on the air, this is one of my biggest concerns when the fascist, and I use the word fascist Democrat Party takes over because now we're becoming like the old Soviet Union, aren't we? Like, Like what they do in China to dissidents, they round them up and they put them in jail and basically what's happening to you is a message to the rest of us. Don't you dare go to a Trump rally. Don't you dare speak out or this could happen to you. That's the same thing they did to Roger Stone, to Michael Flynn. Why is Trump's attorney in jail? I don't know. Why is Paul Manafort fortin jail why was he put in solitary confinement we're basically our freedoms are being taken away and we're losing our country and that's the bottom line and unless we stand up and speak out and come to to have people's backs like yours i mean if they come for you next they're uh, anybody who's listening to this right now they're coming for you next i guarantee you you step out of line they'll come after you this is nothing but systemic fascism is what we're seeing taking over this country right now um
3: we have literally well go ahead this reminds me of yeah, watching the Richard Jewell Richard Jewell movie. Yeah. And just what happened to him, eh? The the media and the federal government got together and just destroyed that guy and it sounds like that's what they're trying to do to you.
4: Yeah, you're basically a political prisoner at this point, you know. Mm-hmm. So, how, how can how can people help you? Yeah, out? we got we got a couple minutes left. What's the best way to help you? Cuz that's the important thing and I want everybody listening, if you don't help this guy, you're part of the problem. I don't know how else to say it, but you are part of the problem unless you step up, step up and help this guy. Tim, how can people help you?
1: Sure. Thank you, guys. And um, the best way to help me, I've incurred already over hundred k in legal costs. It's extremely expensive, uh, all this uh, litigation. And the best way you can help, it's givesendgo.com slash bakedalaska. And for any sort of updates, you can find me on Telegram, me slash bakedalaska.
3: Yeah. Trespassing and disorderly conduct. Man, that's expensive to get out of that stuff for just being a Looney Tune, and I can imagine what happens when I get drunk at a bar. Uh, <laughs> I'm in real. I'm, I didn't realize I was in so much danger.
4: But yeah, and I, <laughs> right. and I want to repeat that just so people, if they didn't hear, give send go. So
3: G-I-V-E-S-S-E-N-D, go Give send go dot com forward slash Baked Alaska. And we're gonna post that on the. I want to post the interview and uh, the link on the on the main event facebook facebook page and uh we're gonna see if we can get you uh get you hooked up for some uh for some moolah and we'll see if we can get you hooked up with some other media stuff as well hey, for hey
1: st- I, I really really appreciate that thank you guys so much god bless
3: all right stan thanks for uh, standing up for the same cause we stand up for and uh, we will stay in touch all right sounds good guys take care okay that's all the time we have for uh this episode of the main event so uh, my name's ed hoffman thanks for listening and i'll be back again with you next week the opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Summit Funding Incorporated. Ed
1: Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921, California TRE ID number 1012658, Arizona MLO, license number 0926439, branch NMLS ID number 1841782, Summit Funding Incorporated, NMLS ID number 3199, Arizona license number 0925837, equal housing opportunity.
3: Hi everyone, this is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends right here on AM 590 The Answer. For those of you that are 62 or older and haven't taken the time to inquire into a reverse mortgage, here are some great reasons to consider one. Interest rates are low, which means more money available. So if you've inquired before and it didn't work, it may work today. Calling to find out more details is free. So call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo. AM
0: 590. The Answer.